0: Welcome to another County Live in lockdown. Are we still in lockdown? Does it matter? Uh, What matters is that there's another fantastic interview in the can tonight. Who have you got tonight, Chris?
1: Yes, hello Martino. Um, I think we're still in lockdown, kind of. Tonight, we have got, when I say a legend, I mean an absolute legend. He's in County's all-time 11, um, despite not playing a huge amount of games. Tonight, the midfield general, Chris Marsden, joins us on the show
0: excellent well let's get straight to the interview but afterwards we've got some uh some interesting news about moves away from the club and of course we'll talk about the interview too
1: we're live chris marsden welcome, welcome to stockport county live what a what a fantastic coop uh to get chris marsden on i've got to say from a personal perspective one of i think i think i could say this one of the classiest midfielders i've ever seen at Ashley park welcome to the show
2: well, thank you very much. Thank you for that uh, invitation. Thank you for the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't, the introduction. The, uh, yeah, the introduction, <laughs> that's the word. Yeah, thank you. Well,
1: the check? <laughs> it could have gone on for a little while longer, but um, yeah, I, I won't go I won't go that level just yet. Um, basically, we, we've just been speaking off air about... Um, what we're going to cover tonight and, and things to speak about but uh, before we get into any of that just whereabouts in the world are you now because i've got to say i don't know if you're aware of this but in in stockport chris martha now there is rumor that you've been in spain that you've been in england that you've, you've been
2: elsewhere so whereabouts in the world are you now it's all true i've been in cyprus as well and wow uh, at the moment i'm in guernsey uh, my wife lives here uh, i flew back to the uk to see my parents obviously i was worried with yep. uh, what's going off, and still, I'm to be honest. But uh, I'm back in Guernsey now, but I'm in isolation in a cottage for two weeks. That's how they've managed to stamp out no virus on the island so far. I think they've been clean for nearly 50 days now. So wow. anybody coming to Guernsey has to go into isolation for two weeks, and then it's back to normal.
1: It's, it sounds actually quite nice sitting in a cottage in Guernsey.
2: Well, I managed to get Sky Sports on, so I can watch the football that started last night. So how uh, did <laughs> how did you, how did you, you find that?
1: How, how did you how did you find watching um, the football with no fans? That must have be been weird.
2: Well, thankfully, Sky. have got the uh, it's the app where you can have crowd volume, can't you? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But uh, it just yeah. nice to watch football. If you love sports, and we generally all do any sport, live sport. It's Fantastic. Much to... Uh, Happy with the disallowed goal for Sheffield United, been a Sheffield lad, but that's where it, well, not disallowed, not given. Shocking,
1: weren't it? I mean, I mean, we're going off on a tangent here, but it's relevant, it's fine. I mean, what were, what were computer screens and TV angles brought into the game for if, I mean, come on, I'm not I'm not a Sheffield fan, but that's a goal, surely?
2: Well, you got a linesman as well, are not you? <laughs> so he'll be there and it, it wasn't even minimal were it it's a good two balls though you can see the ball behind the net and as you know first goal in any game particularly in the premier league counts so much and the money's at stake as well so it's all right blaming technology but people are going to stand up and take responsibility aren't they the officials yep. i've
1: got i've got to ask Seeing as, as you you, you dropped the netflix in there as well what are you on at the minute what's uh, what's taking your time up on there there's so much to I'm pick just about
2: finishing michael jordan
1: I'm watching it as well. Don't tell me anything that happens. I think I've got about three episodes left. It's it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I wasn't a big basketball fan. Obviously, I knew the name, but uh, this covers more than uh, just playing basketball. It shows the person itself. And it's wonderful to watch. And on uh, Amazon, you've got loads of stuff about cricket, rugby, Dan Carter, et cetera. So keep yourself yeah. busy with this type of things. Anything where it shows top sport, if you like sport, any sport, you're going to watch it because you're watching the Brits.
1: Do you know... With, with the co-host of this show, Martin, uh, who who's not joining us tonight, uh, we were speaking about the um, the last dance, which is the, the, the NBA, Michael Jackson, Chicago Bulls one. And um, mm-hmm. we we're saying, yes, yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable series, great footage, great content, everything else. We could have made it. It'd be lovely to see. I don't know if we could make it. We, it'd, be, it'd be amazing to see a Stockport County one, you know, from that kind of period with the cup runs and, and the, you know, the, the goes on behind the scenes, the, the players like Chris Marsden, Brett Angel, who we had last week. Alan Armstrong, sure. Jim Cannon, who goes on to be the manager. I mean, what what a series that'd be!
2: Oh, it would have been very interesting, but you could have uh, put it all out on television. I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a, a wonderful time, must admit. Well, let's
1: let's start talking about that wonderful time. It's, it's a nice way to interlude into it. Um, that your your spell at County it wasn't the longest. It's fair to say it wasn't. You know, we're not talking about a ten year career or anything. Here. But it was probably one of the most impactful. And I think I think if you asked the if you asked every Stockport County fan, the majority of them would say that was County's best ever team. Um that of well, course there are people who uh, but, uh, sorry, go on,
2: Chris, sorry.
1: Well well, there there are other, you know, of course there's arguments for the teams, but it's it's up there, isn't it? I mean, it's you know, highest ever league position and taking all the way to the cup semi-final, so on and so forth. When you first heard about Stockport County, Showing a bit of interest, and you know, there's there's a potential for you to go on and uh, and maybe have a go there. What what how how did that come about?
2: What 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 was the scenario? Well, I've left Wolves. Uh, I went to Notts <laughs> County, and things didn't work out well for me there. And I just wanted to play football, to be honest. Uh, Danny Begara tried to sign me a long time ago. I knew Danny, he was a youth coach at Sheffield United, and uh, Sean Connolly, Chris Beaumont, people like that. I knew them anyway. David Frayne, who'd been there before me. So yeah. it wasn't a new club to me. And they had fantastic success under Danny Bagara. Been to Wembley a few times, etc. So I know who they were. And if you're not playing football, then you're wasting your time. You just want to play. And I was fortunate to got the chance to play there. And uh, as everything developed, it was an amazing time.
1: What What's unbelievable, right? Right from the, the word go here, is Danny Bagara's name come up? His name is not on my notes tonight because he's right. He, that Danny, Danny name is alongside Jim Gannon, it's the name that probably comes up the most when we're speaking to these, you know, to former players and to, to yeah. old fans and, and, and everything else. And of course it would be because they've kind of kickstarted this, uh, Danny Terry kind of kickstarted started this um, mm-hmm. evolution of, of of the club. But we're we'll bringing a player here who, who didn't play under Danny Bagara at County, yet there's still this kind of, well, I know who he was and I've worked with him before, and there's still that recognition there. It's, it's amazing to hear as a fan, it's amazing to hear.
2: Well, football's such a close shot, really. I mean, uh, even if you don't know somebody personally, you can guarantee if you met them on holiday or in a bar, you'd recognise yeah. him and within a couple of minutes, everybody knows somebody. And they all know a story about somebody. And before you know it, you're not competing if you're on holiday or, like I say, in a bar. And you just basically chew the fat. You're amongst your own. You know? Yeah, so, of course. It's wonderful. Good camaraderie. So,
1: so was Dave Jones there at the time, did did you have any familiarity with Dave? Did you, did you know anything about him? No. Did you know much about Dave?
2: No, I knew he'd worked under Danny, and then obviously Danny, for whatever reason, lost his job. John Saint, He was there as well. Uh, Roger Wilde was the physio. Yeah, well, good old rog- Roger. Wendell, and I was with Roger pri- just prior to lockdown.
1: Oh, really? How's he doing?
2: He's, well, he's still the same. Isn't he looks like a woman with his long grey hair and everything. But, uh, <laughs> still playing the guitar. He's I'm not sure about that, we still got a sports car. he's got an Audi TT now. He's got oh, all right then. He well, he does all right. He's 60. I think he's 66 now, 67. He's retired now.
1: But he looks fantastic he, he look 67. 67. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. And he'll, t- and he'll tell you how fantastic he looks as well, trust me.
1: <laughs> so so you knew that you knew the guys. Dave Jones gets speaking to yeah. you. Did you see did you see County as I don't know. Did, did you see it as an opportunity to kind of further your career? As, as a player, in that kind of spell where you've played with some big clubs, like Mounts like County that you mentioned, and like you say, in your own words, it didn't really work out. It wasn't the greatest of, of times for you. What's your headspace? Are you thinking, oh, this is an opportunity for me to to press on and maybe go up the divisions? Or was it a case of, I need a contract, I need to get playing somewhere?
2: I wouldn't bother about the contract, but I wanted to play I mean, yeah. somebody says to you, what was it then, 25, 26, I think, something like that. Somebody says when you leave school, you're going to play football until you're 35. You're not bothered who you're playing for. You're just going to do something that you love doing. Yeah. Uh, I'd had some bad injuries, and uh, this was an opportunity to go and play. And if I played well, then the team will benefit, and I'll benefit. I mean, nobody knew what was going to happen, but obviously Dave had a plan with the people who were bringing in. He brought in some very good players. I lied to the players that were already there. We didn't have a lot of injuries, thankfully, and uh well the rest is history, so to speak.
1: So when you when you first came in and you, you first started getting to training and getting to grips with the club and with the town, what, what were your what were your initial impressions there? What did you were there anything that you, you kind of stand out?
0: I no,
2: I wouldn't say anything stand out, but if you've got a good dressing room, that's a key to any any workplace, if it's a very nice, happy workplace to be in. Because straight away, as I said, I knew Sean Connolly and Chris Bournemont, so I travelled in with them. So that takes it out, I didn't, uh, quite a few people in the dressing room I knew what I played against, Linux, for example, Neil Edwards in the net, Toddy, Tony Dinnington. Oh, sorry, Tony Dinning. I think Alan, Alan were just about there, but the next season he exploded when Brett came, John Jeffers. So I knew most of them anyway. I probably played 200 games by then in football yeah. league, so I've come across most of them anyway. So, no, he's no problem at all.
1: So the season gets going. <laughs> There were some ups and downs at first, you know. It took Took a while for the um for, for yeah, things yeah. to click, but but um what what a fantastic kind of season it's as a fan it almost seems obvious to me. If someone was to ask me what what games stick out in your memory, what you know, then obviously I'm going to say the big ones. I mean, that, as a fan, that's that's what you remember. But I always think it's interesting asking the players because you know you you guys were on the coach going to the games that were just as important. You know, three points is three points. doesn't matter where you get them. Or a goal is a goal. doesn't matter where you score it. You hear all these stories about in the hotel the night before or at training. And we had Flynn on here a couple of weeks ago and he had he had a bag full of stories. Your name actually came up a couple of times. But, um, you know, wh- when you look back to that time, what um, wh- what memories spring to your mind? Well,
2: uh, first and foremost, uh, my son was born when we beat uh, the little Wickham. I think he was his... Third, yeah, third to the last match of the season. So wow. that always oh, sticks. Then we went to play Chesterfield on the Monday and got promoted. So wow. when you take big games, you can look at big games that will come from behind, etc. But just beating Wickham, and he was born on the Saturday morning, and I'd been hospital all night, and I was so tired, but you just want to play football. We've seen the season through. We had some amazing times. I mean, the longer, uh, the longer away games were the best ones, because we generally won. So we didn't fly yeah. anywhere. So we'd be on the bus, stopped at every off license we could find, and we'd have uh, Oasis on and whatever, and fish and chips, and just fantastic times, you know.
1: We had um, we had Brett Angel on uh, last week or week before. What, what a guy, by the way, I've got to say what what a great guy Brett was, and um, and he was saying one of the best things about just that kind of time at County was, I mean, you know, Brett, he's, he's not an arrogant guy, but he's he just said when you were in the tunnel at the start of the game or if you're in the dressing room getting ready to go you just kind of knew you were going to win you just, it was just the kind of this belief this confidence in one another that it just you know this energy kind of radiating around the squad and no, no one said it but you just knew you were going to go out and win that's just what you did
2: Well you do and uh, I think maybe because we knew we were the best team in the league even though we didn't win it and if one person couldn't win us the game that night another one could I mean, you yeah. spoke about the start of the season being a bit ropey. I mean, we had such a good pre-season. That <laughs> was a problem. We went into the start of the season. Right, here we go. Wallop. I can't remember how we went on the first game. I remember it was getting beat by uh, Wrexham.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, I think bloody hell. And I, th- I think Dave said the same, but we settled down. Once we. I'm not sure. Did we beat Wickham away or York? I can't remember. Because Brett would always score. He couldn't keep the ball yeah. straight at all. He couldn't even strike it. He'd it in off his arse, ears back of his heels or anything, but he just scored, didn't he? How's <laughs> that bloody thing gone in? You like that? And then he'd score Allen. I mean, if you look at the team that went on to play in the Premier League for individual clubs, I think there must have been six or seven of us. So I think that gives indication of uh, the quality that was in the team. And not just the 11. We had a good squad as well. people
1: Is there a slight hint of... And I'm not taking I'm not absolutely not criticizing anything that you've gone on to do in your career and what a fantastic career it was. I mean, unbelievable really. But is there is there a slight hint of sadness that that those players didn't go together to play in the Premier League? I mean, I'm not saying County would have gone on to win the Premier League. I'm not saying anything like that. But at that time, it's not unfeasible to say, well, they could have had a swing at it.
2: Well, I left, I think we were six, weren't we? In uh Yeah in the Championship. Toddy had left. Uh, yeah. Alan had left. I mean, I remember speaking to Dave and Dave said he would have took five or six to Southampton. But, in really? one goal, but he one go. But just, he just couldn't do it. It's understandable. So we knocked him out of the cup, didn't we? But yeah. they're a premiership club. They're established. You suddenly, six players turn up from the Division 1 promotion team. And it's what happens, unfortunately, for clubs, isn't it? I mean, Gary yeah. Mason did a fantastic job when he came. True, true. He brought some good players in, but you're always punching above your weight for revenue that comes from the gifts, fans, etc. And mm. uh, I think you just have to enjoy what he had at the time. I mean, I oh, don't know enough yeah. about what with the rugby and everything. So, I mean, it's 25 years ago when I left.
1: That's, I mean, don't don't talk about like
2: that. <laughs> it makes me you feel, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're not allowed to say things like that. It yeah, um, makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's look at some of those nights When, you know, in particular the Southampton games, uh, West Ham, just these are now folklore, you know, uh, around these parts. Especially because what happened in the last, you know, in the years that that followed that with County, with the tumble down the divisions. Albeit, it looks like we're on the right path now. And yeah, Jim, you know, Jim is uh, what he's done as a manager, and I'll ask you about him in a moment. But what what he's done as a as a manager is unbelievable. And, you know, with this new backing and with the new owner, it, it looks like a real recipe for success. But um, when you look back at those nights, that's like the, my generation, who unfortunately we're not the youngest generation anymore. We're telling the, the the younger ones just what it was like when, you know, when Louis Cavaco breaks through or, you know, and then and, um, Julian Dix and Slavon Bilic are throwing themselves at him and, and they can't get anywhere near him. Things like this. Yeah. What was it like for you guys just being a part of that?
2: Oh, it's amazing. I mean, uh, I think we went to Blackburn, didn't we? That was the first one we won. Yeah. And, and we and that's, well, we could have got absolutely slaughtered at West Ham. We did. But we managed to get away with a draw. I think Louis scored down there as well. Then we beat the He did. But can you imagine the confidence that gives you as a team to, right, if we can hold us zone with these, as long as we can keep that uh, strong head for Saturday, so to speak, and that's that's one of the reasons we did so well. We proved ourselves against so-called better teams, beat them, and then it was all about your mental attitude. Are you gonna perform on a Saturday or the Tuesday against teams in your own division? And we were able to do that. Because there's a big strong character in the dressing room, so if somebody got out of order, somebody could pull them back down to earth.
1: Just just a quick mention on Louis Cavaco, we had we had we had Louis on here a couple of weeks ago. Um one of the nicest guys I think I've ever spoken to. And um he was saying about I think I think it actually it, I think he still feels it emotionally, the connection with County. He was saying that he felt like a big-name player. He's come over from Portugal. And at, at that time, yeah. and at our level, obviously, we're going to see 25, 30 players move different countries this summer in the Premier League uh, and yeah. in the Championship. But at that time, it, it wasn't all that that common. Louis comes over here. What was he like to, to, to play with? Because he was, I mean, for as a fan, I wanted to see more of him, you know, obviously, with the injuries and whatever it, it didn't happen, but uh, as a player, when, when he scored that goal, and just, just give us a, a slight insight as to what he was like to play. Well,
2: when he first came, he was a bit of a fairy, weren't he, really? I mean, the gust of <laughs> wind would have blew him up. And then uh, he, he end up... Uh, we had one at Southampton called Marion Pahaz. Yeah. And you, you, you a little schoolboy that's come to play with you. And it takes a little bit of time for him to adjust. I mean, they, they fall on the floor think they're get a free kick, and they don't. And Louis adapted brilliantly. I mean, he could play, don't get me wrong. He was the worst drinker I've ever seen, though. <laughs> <laughs> went on after uh, do, went to Bernard, Bernard Manege club, and they ended up in Manchester City Centre after. Hello, are you OK? I drink many pints in Portugal. Oh, crikey. After about two or three pints, he had fireman's lift sticking around the corner. shocking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair play. Uh, I, I, I might remind him of that one day. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So, th- these games like West Ham and Southampton Were these... No, you, you, you've been in big games, Blackburn as well, you've been in big games and you've, go on, you, you've gone on to be in, in absolutely huge games as well. But at that time, kind of taking County out, supple County don't have a great history playing at grounds. Sh- should I say, they, they don't have a big track record of playing at big grounds like that. You know, they, they're not littered with Premier League grounds. So when you're there as a staple part of that team, playing in Upton Park, playing at Southampton, playing at, at Blackburn Rovers, just what was the what was the buzz? What what was the the what was it like inside the dressing room? Knowing that outside the dressing room was on fire, it was electric amongst those fans. Well,
2: but what I found out, not not basically at Stockport when I went to Sheffield Wednesday when I finished. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday is a big club, thirty thousand every week. There's some mm-hmm. players in training that can they can play football. They really can. But come in front of a big crowd. They they just can't handle it. They really can, yeah. but everybody in that dressing room, they seem to grow when they went out onto the big grounds. I mean, you've got the nice surfaces, you've got a wonderful stadium. And if you want to be a footballer, that's where you want to be, don't
1: you? 100%. Obviously we
2: look around the team and always somebody has something to say, like you're saying. Brett had just come from Everton, I think, or he'd been somewhere else, Sunderland. Something Sunderland, like that. Yeah, yeah. He played up there. I'd been at Wolves, where they've got 30,000 that play there. So, Tom Bennett, he'd been at Wolves as well with me, Paul Jones. So, with people that used to it and if you had
1: all about you it would lift you up Yeah I've got, I've got to ask you uh, about Tom Bennett kind of um, you guys whenever and it, this happened again over the summer or, or over the coronavirus um, kind of break the club put out a, a fans vote for the best team you know the best county 11 of all time and that, that midfield pair of, of Chris Marsden and Tom Bennett came up uh, as the staple pair when you think back to your relationship with Tom Bennett what kind of player was he to play with
2: Oh, he's okay. I should let him clean my boots now and again just to keep him on top of the game. Again, I played with Tom at Wolves, you see. I knew Tom yeah. at Wolves before, I was there. Yeah, Dave told me we were going to sign him and Tom, I mean, had a terrible injury that really finished his career, didn't he? And I played yeah, yeah. in that game. I was playing for uh, Birmingham against uh, Stockport when he did it.
1: I didn't even put two and two together there. You're up, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I that must I mean I'm
2: mean,
1: i going to guess I've, I've... I've actually played a gig with Tom a long time ago. Uh, lovely fella to get on with. You're you're obviously an easygoing guy. I can imagine that you two were friends off the pitch. I can imagine you had that relationship. That must have been hard to see him on the deck after, after uh, the injury.
2: Well, thankfully, Sean Conley were qualified physio, and they yeah. were playing fullback for County at the time. It was a compound fracture, which obviously you know what it means going through his skin. And Sean was straight on there, with Roger. No, it's not nice. I won't wish it on anybody. And uh, I mean Tom was such a quiet, nice and he was Scottish as well. So to say nice things about Scots person, you've got to be nice <laughs> and he played the bloody guitar with the rest
1: of you, didn't he? He did, he did. He was at, well, that well, that's how it came about, because he um, him and Roger Roger while I was telling as he had this um this method so I like help him. I don't know whether it was distracting from the injury, whether it was keep morale up or maybe a bit of both. Well, they started a covers band together and they, they do kind of marsha rona and things like this just and they called it they called it, it fractures he
2: did not keep the morale up he's got
1: he's got the hair he's got the hair though that's, that's all he needs all he <laughs> uh, oh fantastic fantastic uh anyway so um yes yeah, it's, it's fair to say i i think it's fair to say when I when I speak to you you and, and I want to speak about where you've gone in, in just a moment. You've gone on to achieve all these great things. It seems to me, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. It seems to me that you you have a good appreciation of your time at County and what it a did for your career, but just just being part of that whole thing.
2: Uh, uh probably the happ- happiest time I had in football there, and uh, obviously I. I ended up playing the Premiership for Southampton and achieved certain things there. But uh, for 60-odd games, I think, we played that season. One semi-final, I think, one quarter-final promotion. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? You know?
1: No, that's exactly what it's about, well, is it? Flynney was telling us um, on the last day of the season, uh, I think one of the players that you were up against put the ball through your legs or something, and he tried to make it out that he's got one over on you because... And you just, you just reminded him that County were promoted and he wasn't. And then we and then we went on to score and win 1-0. And I get the, the impression that you were able to hold this crackdown on the pitch. you got no
2: option, have you? Man, it's easy to do when you're on top of them and you've got your foot round the neck. <laughs> um, we could hold the own out there. Don't worry about that. We have to be. But I think we're all of a certain age as well, if you think. I think Flynn is maybe a year younger than me. Uh, yeah. Brett was a year older. Alan was twenty twenty one. 21. I would say probably the fulcrum of the squad were average 24 25, which is a wonderful age for everything to come together. Yeah, as I said, not many injuries, etc. So, yeah, it's one of them lovely little things when everything seems to come together well.
1: Um, so Flinny and Jim, the kind of heart, heart of the defense, if you like, um, go on to achieve. I mean, Flinny captain fantastic, do you know what I mean? It, just absolutely yeah. adored in Stockport, of course. Jim Gannon goes on to become. I mean, they're now saying he's, and I think I think they're right to say it, the county's most successful ever manager. You know, he got the win at Wembley after so many almosts and nearlies. Yeah. Um, then he won the league last season. He's won so many things, the nine in a row, whatever. I know it seems like a bit of an obvious question to ask, but did you see that in him as a teammate? Because some players say they did, others say they didn't. When When he was in the dressing room, maybe he didn't think of it so much, I don't know, but... Does it surprise you that he became the manager that he is?
2: Whether he became the manager that he is, that's another question. But as a manager, yeah. Because Jim, uh, personally, I'm not speaking of him, he, he kept his distance. He wasn't the big one for socialising with us. He was always taking yeah. notes and uh, bits and bobs like that. Well, rest as a bee down, finger poster somewhere down in Stockport. Jim would be keeping himself a bit too self and looking at things. So everybody their own. I mean, it's really, I'm really pleased for how well he's done he went to Managing Island, I think as well, didn't he, for a while?
1: Yes, yeah, he did, yeah.
2: He did, so yeah, I uh, know he's got to put before his so no, it's brilliant. And he's got an affinity for the club, hasn't he? So yeah. And even if things do get a little bit ropey, and it does in football, that's human nature, then the fans will give him that little bit of a break that he deserves.
1: Yeah, no, no, of course. I mean he's um to achieve to what he has, yeah. I, I think he's got quite a lot of breathing space for a, a good while, yeah. Um so let's talk about your career then. How how did it all how did it all happen when you moved on from county when when like what happened was it a series of phone calls or whatever when when that move happened um what what was the kind of series of events
2: well me uh my contract was up at the end of the season uh, i wanted to sign a new contract so i didn't want to run my contract down because i'd had so many bad injuries before that's uh, yeah. that'd be my option i could have left for nothing I then uh I think Gary Megson had his own way, what he wanted to do. I mean, he said to me, he said, I'd love you to stay, but we're not going to pay you at this. And if I sell you, I can get two players in for you. And so it was fair with me. I've always asked the fairness from people. I said, well, I'll go then. It went brilliant. It worked out lovely for me. Club got 500,000, I think, and they bought two or three extra players in. I went to Birmingham and then from Birmingham on to Southampton. So, I very fortunate. How did it... How did it feel?
1: And there's, we've only been able to ask a couple of players this uh, since, since we've been doing this Legend series. And Ashley, Ashley Williams was the last one a few weeks ago. But um, how did it feel when the Southampton move came around and you realised that you were going to be a mainstay in a modern day Premier League team? You were going to be a Premier League player. You spoke about it before. You said, this is the dream to play on pitches like this and whatever. Well, now it's going to happen. You're, you, this is the career that you've earned, you've worked for, and now it's happening. Can you, can you relive any of that when Southampton are coming in for you, The Premier League is beckoning, this is happening now?
2: Well, now I'm, I can look back on it, but at the time, no, because Southampton were at the table. I think Birmingham were fourth in the Championship, uh, and <laughs> it, it was a bit of a gamble. Do I go, do I not go? Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of faith in uh, Dave, but also Terry Francis was a fantastic manager at Birmingham as well. Yeah. And as it panned out, it worked out brilliant for me because we stayed up and Birmingham, unfortunately, didn't go up. And then yeah. the rest from there on. But it was, as soon as you get there, then you're walking in with Tiz. You've got Mark Hughes there, Dan Prochescu, Stuart Ripley, all seasoned internationals. And if you yeah. can't learn anything or you know, watch and enjoy your time with them, then there's something wrong with
1: you. Did you learn much playing, from, uh, playing with Matt here?
2: Yeah? yeah, I learned I can't do anything that he can do. And just cast in the ball and get out of the way.
1: <laughs> he's he's one of those players. He, he's, the, he's the ultimate um he's the ultimate luxury but an unbelievable luxury. I mean he just didn't seem to do he didn't seem to move but he games pivoted on
2: him. It's a great phrase in football stand still the ball will find you the ball will never get tired. And uh, if you've got no to do in an afternoon, put Tissers 200 greatest goals on. You'll be there all day, she'll clap after everyone. I mean, he's just this. If Mark Hughes, and Mark Hughes said he's the best player we've seen, that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'll take that, won't you? um, I've got to ask you why you're here. Being being a Premier League staple, and while I was doing my research for this, um, I saw that there was a lot of, obviously I know how the county fans think back of Chris Marsden, I know how they speak of you, but um, to see other clubs doing it as well, um, when you think back to the years in the Premier League, what was your defining moment what's your favorite memory of that i think i can take a punt but i'll, I'll let you run with it i
2: know you're going to say cup final aren't you
1: of course of course
2: because um, no, we got beat
1: okay fair comment
2: so, semi-final was better that was at villa park because obviously we managed to beat watford but your family's there and you don't get anywhere without your family you know they took you from the age of four or five all to these games being at uh, was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, and I was very fortunate to captain that day. That we lost, it could have been. If you watched the game, it could have been five to six nil. When you've got Thierry Henry playing like that and Bergkamp, and you, it's invincible team. I mean, unless yeah. you play against Henry, you have no idea what you're up against. It's, it's honestly it's something else. Give us an, in,
1: give us an insight. I mean, I've got to say uh, Thierry, Thierry Henry, an unbelievable talent. I mean, you'd be foolish to say anything, but, but for me. I think Dennis Bergkamp might be my favourite Premier League player of all time. What was it? What was it like? Just, just. I'm not going to get the That's opportunity just, to ask too many people what it's like to play against them. So, what, what was it like?
2: Uh, well, actually, we beat them early in the season, three-two at St Mary's, which wasn't too bad. But what you don't realise how big they all are. I mean, I'm six foot, just over. But Robert Perez is six foot four. Henri's six, yeah. six foot. Bergkamp. They're huge. Really, you know, big shoulders. Da da da. And only his pace is just scintillating. As you've probably seen when you're watching highlights on television. But they're all different classes. You can go to Shearer, you can go to Roy Keane, blah, blah. Just name them all. They're not best players in the world for nothing, you know.
1: Can I ask who the best player you've ever played? This is a two-parter. The best player you've ever played against and then the best player you've ever played alongside.
2: Well, best player alongside is Matt this That's no-brainer, that in football terms against well we've named henry but i mean people say you got gerard you've got lampard you've got roy keane you've got Paul skulls you got shearer mm. anybody else i miss out i apologize to but they're all top top players aren't they ronaldo played against him gigs i don't know matt let yeah
1: matt, matt let just peeking tom bennett is he there
2: well he can play the guitar better than tom as well so <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Chris listen It's it's been amazing speaking to you tonight the half an hour I mean I I, I only asked you for 20 minutes but I, I, we've snuck over and it's just absolutely flown by But before I let, before I let you go I, I mentioned it before you were voted into that, that team of the sea that, that all time 11 it wasn't the short it, it wasn't the longest spell at County but you are so highly regarded by the fans County are not the biggest club in the world you know they, they don't have Premier League history and all the rest of it but how does it feel for you when you you know look back on your career? It's all said and done. There is a club here that just holds you in that esteem. The fans will forever remember Chris Marsden. It, it must it must keep you warm at night.
2: Well, as I said to you earlier, that is a happiest time of any football. one about earning money, etc. Wonderful time, great memories. My son being born and you can't get any better than that. It would have been nice if we'd beat Middlesbrough, yeah, the final, but it wasn't to be. And we deserved to win that, actually. I know we got beat 2-0 at home. But we won 1-0 away from home. Sean Conley scored. Never hurt last of that as well every day. And uh, <laughs> just couldn't sneak it over the line at the end, could we? But uh, I think no. 67 games we played that season. And uh, it was a fantastic effort and just wonderful memories. Yeah, wonderful.
1: I think I'm right in saying that was Mark Schwartz's debut for, uh, for Middlesbrough.
0: Yeah,
2: believe it or not, I've been moving around. I've got pictures, so I've got yellow card there that follow into each other When I took his head off right at the end, trying to get the ball back. Oh, really? I don't Ironically, yeah. I know oh, it to be a That's straight crazy. card now, but just a little over the top then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's oh, been an absolute pleasure. Yes, Chris, thank uh, you very much.
0: So, Chris... Um, Quite a few fascinating things from that interview there. Firstly, I just want to pick on upon. Uh, really interesting for county fans that uh, Chris knew Danny Bagara but never played with him or under him.
1: Yeah, I I, I thought that was I thought that was unbelievable because I mean the theme of most of these legend interviews that we do is. Danny Bagara gave me this. You know, Danny Bagara brought me to the club and that. You think back to the Kevin Francis piece, the Brett Angel, the Sean Connolly, Tony Dinning, our, um, all all these other players that, that we've had and they all talk about Danny and how Danny worked with them. So finally, we get a player who played in that glorious season at 96, 97 but didn't play under Danny and what's the first thing he says? Oh, well, I knew County because of Danny Begara. I, th- <laughs> I find that, like, I, f- I just found it unbelievable. So, um, I think that is testament, again, to Danny. But obviously, tonight, the focus uh, is on Chris. And, um, I mean, for style, what a start, he's one of those players that, I, if I'm honest, I didn't think we'd get him. You know, this is a guy who's, we asked him in the beginning, he's moved around, he's lived in Asia since leaving County, he's lived in Spain, he's had all these, like, uh, weird and wonderful jobs and career moves, uh, played in the Premier League, FA Cup finalist, And um, we get him on the show, and he's just... He's in awe of the way he speaks about county. This is a guy who is, you know, Southampton established Premier League club and they see him as one of their heroes, as one of their legends. So the fact that he's talking about us in such a high um, regard, having only played for us for a fraction of his career, is um, is unbelievable. And I love having him on.
0: And touching on that, what what that did give you in the interview was a fascinating list of players to talk about, players that he played against and his kind of view of who's the best. And, and you know, t- we can talk about the list, but also the player that he chose as, you know, the best that he's played against. Very interesting choice.
1: Yeah, Lattice. It's um, I mean, it's one of those, I guess if you ask any Southampton fan who the best player of all time is, <laughs> you know, they're all going to say the same. And, of course, I've got a huge amount of respect for what Latiss brought to the game, you know, what, what he could do. But he's talking about playing up against Stephen Gerrard and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, he mentioned, uh, playing against him. Is, is Letizia in that bracket? But, you know, um, he knows better than I do. I never played with Matt Letizia. And um, it is <laughs> it is always a good talking point. I always love asking players, you know, asking Flinney, you know, a few weeks ago, who's a, the best player you played against? Interestingly, he said it was Big Kev. <laughs> there's, there's quite <coughs> a nice little touch there. but. um yeah, it's it's funny when you hear about these, you know, these stories inside football and, you know, we sit and watch it in the stands or on the telly and we get our impressions of this guy must be amazing, that guy must be amazing. And of course, Matt Latissier has got this amazing reputation anyway, but um, you wouldn't necessarily put him in their standards, yet the players who played with him did. So fair enough.
0: Yeah, and there's no question that he was an absolutely amazing player and you don't you just don't know what it was that kept him out of the top bracket kept anybody from buying him the rumor was that he was lazy but i think that was in its own turn lazy journalism because that's all people could kind of could fix on you know he he you uh, he, he, he didn't need him to be to be um you know all over the pitch because he wasn't that kind of player steven gerrard completely different player to cristiano ronaldo you know yeah. so every everybody has their their thing that they bring to the game but it would be fascinating to see how well both Matt Letitia and Chris Marsden in today's kind of top flight football, when, uh, you know, Marsden would probably do very well, you know, big engine like that all across the midfield, not really a divine position in, you know, elite kind of the way that football's going now in terms of like the way midfielders play. But Matt Letitia, could somebody like Guardiola or, or you know, Klopp get? get the best at Pochettino get the best at someone like that and make a difference. The interest would have been interesting.
1: It's, it's a, it is a, that's a terrific talking point. And I I don't I don't know is the honest answer because I mean Guardiola and Klopp and I want to speak to you obviously about Liverpool in a minute, but um Guardiola and Klopp seem to be the kind of manager who they could they could turn you and I into world beaters. Do you know what I mean? They they just seem to they just seem to strike gold with every single sign. And I don't think that's coincidental. Um, Pochettino uh, to a to, uh, maybe slightly less degree, but not far off them. I think he's a terrific manager as well. But could he work with someone like Matt Matissier, who you get the impression it would go one of two ways? It would either be um, it would either be unbelievable or it just wouldn't work at all and it'd sink like a stone and within six months he'd be out the door. That's that's what I assume, but um, yeah, like you say, very, very good question. Um, and Maybe fortunately for Matt and for Southampton as a club, he fell in exactly the right era.
0: Yeah. And as I say, there's no question it just because he never played for one of the big teams and didn't win a load of trophies. And did he get England caps? Did he even play for England? I don't think he did, did he? I think, I think yeah. he got like three. But we- you know, that that by no means lessens what he did as a player. He was he was superb and some of those goals are just are just incredible. And he's a good pundit. Because he always seems, I like him as a pundit because he always seems to want to have a laugh, and he's and he's quite <laughs> laid back, and not a lot of them are, you know. That it's kind of the guys that he's with, so you know, fair play to him. We'll try and get him on the show. Yeah, <laughs> why not?
1: <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it, listen. Speaking to Marzo, it was it was amazing because all these other players, like Flinney and whatever, they they speak to him about. Um, they speak to us about him and about what. Chris Marsden brought to the team. And we see this classy footballer on the pitch. We see a guy who he was capable of running with the ball from midfield. He was capable of doing the dirty stuff and getting stuck in when it was needed. But at the same time, he had this unbelievable range of passing. But you hear more from these other players about what he brought off the pitch. And you, I, I felt you kind of got that. By the way, just if anyone was wondering, I was looking away from the screen for a moment. And it was um, eight caps. Uh, he got ah, for eight, okay. yeah I can't remember eight, him playing so he scored no goals but um but yeah Chris Chris Marsden what he brought to the team was he was I mean it sounds lazy in itself to say it but he almost kind of was this glue do you know what I mean the one that could he could link the di- the different parts of the pitch together you know he, he could drop deep and, and link the midfield to the defence and he could break forward and Ping it out wide to John Jeffers or Kevin Cooper or Louis Cavaco. He could go forward and find Alan Armstrong or Brett Angel, and he just had everything in his locker. And I think one of the one of the one of the biggest parts of that interview was when he was talking about he just had his kid. He goes and plays the game anyway, and then they're stopping at every shop, every off licence on the way home. We've got Oasis blasting out because they've just won again. They've all got a chippy tee on the back. That to me says, you yes, he's a fantastic player but he was so much one of the lads as well. Do you know what I mean? You have to have that that balance. And um, I I think that's what made him such a successful player throughout his career. I've got to say, it probably came across in the interview, I felt so at ease speaking to him right from the word go. You know, speaking about what we're watching on Netflix and this uh, Michael Jordan documentary and all the rest of it. And it it was just, it was great. It really was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, whether captains or not, pivotal players like that are just, they're a manager's dream and they know how to get up the best out of other players around them. You know, whether some players respond to a kick up the bum, some players need an arm around the shoulder. And, you know, he's clearly, from a dressing room point of view, one of those guys.
1: Other players just need a port of the chips and a copy of what's the story Morning glory, by the sounds like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever it takes. Imagine that these days. Yeah. <laughs> Fishing chips on the back of the bus and stopping at the offy for a kind of stones bitter. Uh, a beer oh, for the older listeners there. Um, but uh, big news from the club today uh, in terms yeah. of um, players. Um, obviously, these stories are going to start trickling in now we get, you know, closer to to the season starting for County and, you know, the way things are going to shape up. But um, big news about Festus Arthur and Elliot Osborne.
1: Yeah. Um these rumors from Festus, people remember they they almost started circulating a few months ago and some people were saying, well, it, that shows how good he is. Other people were saying it's just nonsense and we we didn't really know what to believe. Um I think this proves that there probably was interest a few months ago and, and why wouldn't there be? Um for me it was quite obvious this was another example of Jim Gannon doing what Jim Gannon does in taking these young players who clearly have potential but maybe the career hasn't gone the way that they might have liked it to have gone. Um, and I think Jim put it in a tweet earlier today that within two years he's gone from being released um, by a League One or League Two club um, into a championship, you know, they, they've paid a championship club have paid money for him. So, um, yeah, it's a great move for Festus and, um, you know, I, I had a quick chat with Festus today after it was announced. And um, he's buzzing. He's absolutely buzzing. And why Why wouldn't he be? You know, he's, he's gone off to, to... I mean, he gives all, all the love and respect that you would imagine. You know, I think he knows that the county have done him a huge favour and a huge service. Maybe not, maybe not favour's the wrong word, but huge service up um, in upping his game and bringing him. And the way Jim, like, bled him, if you like, into that um, first team, he kind of almost became first-choice centre-half, didn't he, for a while, alongside... Um, Ash Palmer, and it's great for Festus because with the takeover and the arrival of Liam Hogan, you start to think: Is Festus now going to go back to trying to break into the first team again, or you know, is how is that going to dent his confidence? Is he going to be able to hold players like Hogan and Maynard out of the team? And he doesn't have that anymore. I mean, he's got to go. He's got to go and apply, fresh from breaking into a first team and having all that buzz and energy from winning the league and. Let's be honest. Getting a playoff spot this year, even though we, you know, it's not it's not going to work out like that. We, we all know that County did enough this season to get into those playoff places. Um, he's taking that energy into the championship. And if I'm if I'm a Hull City first teamer, looking at the signing of Festus Arthur, I'm probably not sitting too comfortably right now because I might think I've got the I've got till the end of the season. You know, I'm not being displaced that quickly. But then when the summer kicks in. And they you know and they, they they finish their season off and they start pre-season training and they can see that festus is this young lad bounding with energy and he's just you know he's, he's got all that he's learned on the gym taken into their team. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cracking move for the lad. It's not the worst thing for county because they don't they're not going to upset him. Do you know what I mean? If he'd fallen back down onto the bench, he could start getting frustrated. You you could appreciate and understand that so. I think it works all around. If I'm honest, uh, from a selfish perspective, I'd like to see him stay. But fair play to him, fair play to Hull City. If they've got a good player. Um, it's exactly what you want, isn't it? You want a young. It's exactly what you want. Um, as for Elliot, I mean, everybody knows what I think of Elliot Osborne. I, I've, I've raved about this kid in his, since his first spell with County. and Then we came when he came back um, from Fleetwood. I remember sitting, like, having him sitting chatting with him on his first training session um, in his car just after it, and he was absolutely buzzing to be back. He actually said he listened to us every week. I mean, that's, what's, that's what's how much, wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> that's how much he missed um, being at county. So, you know, I know the club's within him. You know, I know that he feels it. And at first glance, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to either him or Stephen. as you look at you look at the move and you think. That's not a step up, Elliot. But then you look at maybe what's going on 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 and off the scene, and you think, okay, Stevenage have just signed a very very good striker. Um, wow. th- you know, f- from Dover, this Effiong. They want to they want to kind of push for the immediate promotion. They want to get straight back up into the league. So maybe they are making a couple of statement signings, and maybe if they have made Elliot feel like you're going to be a a marquee signing, for lack of a better phrase, you don't get the opportunity to be a marquee signing all that often. Um, maybe that's kind of swayed him. Maybe the project has excited him. Don't know what it comes down to off the pitch. I don't know the situation with contracts offered and and all the rest of it. But um, I'll always have time for Elliot. I think he was a really nice guy, great football player, really really exciting player to watch. Probably would have won our Player of the Season um, him or Ash Palmer. So um, fair enough. You know, um look forward to seeing you again one day because he's um, a very, very good player.
0: Yeah, well without question, two players who had a significant impact on uh, county season and did, did really well. And as you say, we wish them both both really well. Did you have something to say? Do you to know what was me? interesting? I'm oh, sorry, go on. Do,
1: do you know what was interesting? I do, I do. <laughs> and I can <laughs> see you sitting there getting giddy. <laughs> so I will do in a moment. But do you know what's interesting? Um the club released this statement saying that Elliot Osborne and Festus Arthur have moved on. We'd like to thank them for the service. Uh, here's the, the, you know, the deals, the, the, the details of where they've gone to. But then at the bottom, almost kind of slipped in, but it excited me as a fan. Was uh, we we hope to have exciting news in the next couple of weeks. We're at advanced stages with other players. That's the exciting part. That and that is football at any level. Real Madrid and Liverpool, Stockport County. Even below, you know, national league north level. When you okay, it's disappointing, frustrating, whatever. When you lose players, but who are we signing? Do you know what I mean? Like who, who? And you start talking about, and especially with the money that count you've got now, it's it's exciting, isn't it?
0: It is, and that and that's how it's going to manifest itself. This um this excitement about the the new owners and the new era. There's two ways, you know, obviously on the pitch, you know, watching things improve. But the other way, outside of the games, will always be looking at the players, looking at the players that they're trying to sign and looking at the players that they, they're signing. And especially now, when there isn't football, that is bound to be, you know, a, the what you want. You want to hear about players.
1: Um, as a Liverpool fan,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I must congratulate you, first of all, and if anyone doesn't isn't aware of this, we have mentioned it before, but primarily, um, you, you are, well, you're an adopted Stockport County fan. You, we, we borrow you from the Liverpool ranks. Um got a big history with the club and well you've had quite a week
0: yes (laughs) Uh, this time last week yeah it was all going uh all going a little bit crazy uh yeah um i started work on you know that's where we met at pure on the on the radio um you know we both had music shows and then i started doing the do it so just being at pure because pure had the you know meeting john kieran and stuff and then meeting you i started to kind of get interested in county and i did a couple of you know, a couple of press conferences and stuff on behalf of the radio station and stuff. So started to get under the skin of the club. And always liked the fact that, you know, it was the original ground. You know, Jim Gannon is a really engaging character, um, stuff like that. The story, the story was really good. You know, I felt it was a, you know, a massive, massive cliche, but I felt it was a proper club. And then obviously started doing the games as well. So obviously, you know, I would say I wouldn't you ever use the phrase second club, but I have a big place in my heart for Stockport County. You know and you know we do this you're a fan and <clears throat> what we feel is know. that it really works because um because you're a super fan and i try and you know just just be objective about stuff and we feel that it really works but yeah i can't hide the fact that i'm also a liverpool fan and therefore it's been a, quite an incredible week <laughs> so a full time the chelsea game last week i went out of my garden and went yeah it's really loud and obviously was silence around here because they're all either city fans. There's a couple of county fans, and there's one Everton fan in our road as well. So, and then like, you know, the like I used to do. When I, was, I know, <laughs> and and he's a he's a friend of a friend as well. Um, but yeah, and then like I, I used to do when I was a kid, I hung my scarf out the window in the bedroom and got told off by the missus. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, unden, un, you know, undeniably, undeniably deserved. You know, an incredible team. That's had an incredible season. And when you consider that since Klopp started, um, 13 teams have spent more, their net spend is more than Liverpool. Uh, it's an absolutely amazing achievement because, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's all about degrees. Liverpool obviously have the much more power than Stockport County in terms of who they can buy and, and stuff like that. But in relative terms, in terms of the Premier League, what they can spend is nowhere near. You know, Chelsea are just buying, they're going to be buying players like, uh, you know, like it's like it's water over the next, you know, couple of months because they've got their ability to, to to do that and they're backed by an oligarch. So, but you know, Liverpool. One of the reasons they couldn't they couldn't sign Timo Werner is because they don't have that cash available because of COVID. So, it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting time. But yeah, it's just uh, amazing to have won the league.
1: I saw uh, Jim Gannon pay tribute to Jurgen Klopp specifically on Twitter. Um. Do you sense that there's probably some kind of mutual respect there? I, I guess these are both managers. I mean, let's look at the similarities. Let's take level, uh, playing level uh, away for a moment. Um, th- you know, they're both known for bringing young players through. They're both known for getting the job done. They have both got success to incredible kind of levels on their um, on their CVs, on their track records. Um, I get the impression that it would be a very interesting conversation having those two in the room.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we know from, you know, from you doing your interviews with Jim and me being there sometimes and stuff like that, he never shuts up about football. You know, people don't realise that the interviews every week, outside either side of that, there's about half an hour, an hour of, of other football chat. You know? <laughs> and they're clearly both that kind of guy. But the other thing that I think links them and makes them similar is they get the idea that a club isn't just the players and the manager, that a club is the fans is the backroom staff the whole thing is connected you know and that that you know even you know even down to the the people who work in the shop and 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 behind the bar and and make the meals and that it's all one thing and i think they they both get that and you know jim's always you know done a lot for the community and um side of the side of county as well so i think they have that in common as well
1: could be a successful season i think for both of us again next season would you take that
0: I definitely would take it. I think it's interesting. It's going to be a time of the next era is a uh, it's going to be rivalry between C- Liverpool and City. And you know, but every great team needs a rival, I think. So so interesting compared to what we were saying last week that County won't have derbies, you know, next year, um which is a shame, but as I say, I think every you know, it, it's going to be a time of rivalry, so it's going to be an interesting interesting time. Yeah. Who have you got next week? Are you revealing or are you are we keeping it under wraps again?
1: Uh, I like keeping it under wraps because I like people guessing during the week. Um, so I definitely won't be giving uh, any clues away before we say au revoir tonight. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 another classy midfielder. Um, it's one that I I remember personally playing at County and thinking, this guy's a hell of a player. Um, I spoke to him the other day. The, the interview was done and um, it's... It's a wonderful story that he tells. It's just an incredible reliving of a time of of his time in Stockport, the players he played with, the stories from behind the scenes. Goes really honestly about the managers that he played with and how things, some things went really well and some things really, really didn't. And um, yeah, it's a good one next week if I can say that myself.
0: Sounds fascinating. We will see you next week on County Live, Chris. Thanks. Finger guns.